welcome to the University of Coruscant. As part of your enrollment here, you have access to the attached Holonet recording. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on galactic history. You selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on explosives. If you have any questions about this lecture or wish to contact us, please visit universityofcoruscant.com. students. Thank you so much again. My Holonet career is nothing compared to the love that I feel from such welcoming applause. Again, you are too kind. Like the student who left that wonderful suit in my office, I put it on immediately. Although I did forget that I had a meeting with Dean Sulfura later that afternoon. <laughs> you clever kids didn't warn me that it was sewn with hollow fibers that caused it to disintegrate. Except for enough of the pants to preserve my dignity and the word Ravencourt on my back. While I thought it was a clever salute to my physique, Dean Santana left uh, rather quickly. I didn't even get the chance to hear what she was going to say about ethics and the university's gift policy or something. Good news, though. I did find that painting of myself that you guys made. Somebody had carelessly left it near the garbage droids outside the staff lounge. I put it right outside the dean's office, where I think it'll be much safer. <laughs> and speaking of creative ways to make something disappear, today we are going to be talking about exactly that, only a lot messier. That's right, it is time to play with explosives. The Holodrama Guild would never let me do any of this when I was on set, but it turns out that an educational system has surprisingly few rules when addressing whether or not I can handle live explosives in class. <laughs> Thanks to my boss and associate, I have managed to procure a few of them. I would say that he needs a raise, but you don't exactly have somebody like that on the payroll, if you know what I mean. Mostly tax reasons. We'll start today with a truly iconic piece of equipment. I'll let you take a guess as to what I am talking about. Here is a hint. It is an excellent addition to any bounty hunter's bag of tricks. It's easily concealed, but it packs a big punch. And if you hear this sound, why should you take somebody seriously? Because he is holding a thermal detonator. Ooh, sounds like it's getting hot. The thermal detonator. This little round ball of death has been around since at least 4,000 BBY, which is a fairly decent amount of time. When you think about it, though, I'm a little surprised they haven't been spotted earlier in history. The concept is very simple, which lends itself to a lot of variations. But at its core, they're all pretty much the same. The outside shell of this silver-looking sphere can be thermite or axodite. The inside is where it counts, though, and that is beradium, which is a highly volatile substance. When it was detonated, it created an expanding particle field that could vaporize anything within its range, which was usually about 6 meters or 20 feet. By the way, can you believe that we still haven't decided between meters and feet? You would think that one of these galactic regimes would just pick one and force the rest of the universe to fall in line. 
But no, I have to waffle between the two and pick whichever sounds more impressive. Personally, I think 20 feet sounds more impressive. It's bigger, right? Where was I? Right, beradium, particle field, vaporize anything inside. Yes, so there's a really practical element to this kind of explosive as well, and that is the field itself. Whatever's inside the field goes bye-bye, but if it's even slightly outside the blast radius, which is a very fixed thing, it won't be harmed at all. So this isn't the kind of explosion that sends shrapnel out as far as it can fly. It's an explosion that makes a field that goes exactly a certain distance and then collapses in on itself. It doesn't create heat, and it doesn't make a mess. And they all pretty much work like that. The variations come on how it's deployed. There is a ton of ways to make a thermal detonator go off. You can have timed releases of virtually any amount. You can make the shell magnetic so you can hide them. You can have a remote detonation. One variation particularly popular with bounty hunters is called the dead man's switch. The detonators usually came with a curved switch on the top since it's a sphere. You'd roll the switch forward to turn it on and roll it back to turn it off. Well, if you were playing a particularly dangerous game, you could make that a dead man switch, meaning that if you took your thumb off the switch at all, then the whole thing would detonate. It is an excellent bluff. I used that back in my holodrama Death Stick Part 5, Still Sticking. Of course, in the hollows, they always back down. Be careful with this technique in real life. Let's switch gears here and talk about a much bigger bomb, which is deployed in a completely different way. This bomb was stock ordnance on the Galactic Empire's TIE bombers, and I am speaking about the proton bomb. I don't happen to have a proton bomb here because they're just way too big and way too heavy, and it's hard to surprise a class with a proton bomb. Everyone can see this thing coming, for good reason. But just because you can see something coming doesn't mean that it loses its effectiveness. Unlike the proton rocket or torpedo, which are commonly used in ship-to-ship -ship combat, the proton bomb was a bunker buster. It either used gravity or the inertia of the ship letting it go to get where it wanted to be. Another way to get it there was to make them a little bit magnetic. Once you cleared the pull of the ship firing it, it would slowly fall towards the next big metal object, which is usually the base that you were sending it at. Not a very speedy deployment, but once it got there, it made a very big bang. Honestly, the proton bomb is so effective that there isn't really a lot of other options for galactic space combat. If there's a fortification that you needed to get through, a proton bomb is pretty much your best option every time. There has been a few limited variations, but they're pretty rare. One that comes to mind is the electro-proton bomb. When the Galactic Republic, before the Empire, was fighting against the Separatist army, it needed a way to get rid of a lot of droids. And what better way than an electromagnetic pulse? A few modifications to the proton bomb, and ta-da! You have one giant droid eliminator. Unfortunately, they kinda used it willy-nilly on a planet called Malastare, and it really screwed with the ecosystem. 
They ended up waking up an ancient monster called the Zillow Beast, and, well, as they say, the rest is history. One final example for today is my personal favorite. This is a bomb that acts in a very unique way, making it a useful tool in clearing debris like asteroid fields. But anything that can explode can be used as a weapon, which this surely was. This, my friends, is a seismic charge. Now, be careful with this. A seismic charge is filled with two substances that act in concert. First, you have your standard explosive beradium, but the special sauce here is something that's called collapsium, and it does exactly what it says. So, when the charge goes off, it expands out, but then immediately wants to collapse on itself. And what happens is super cool. It sucks in all of the sound waves in the vicinity as it is collapsing, and it sort of tries to smash them all down with it, but eventually it can't. And that's when the fun starts. It explodes outwards in a flat ring of sound waves that does a particularly good job at destroying solid objects. Sound is just vibrational waves, right? And solid objects tend to not like that stuff very well particularly rock, which is why they're used largely to destroy asteroid fields. Plus, it makes the coolest sound when it goes off. So, do we have any questions from the class? Step right up to the microphone, droid. Ah, yes, you. Go right ahead. Hello, Professor. They call me Bazdunek. And do they call you that because that's your name? Bazdunek is also my name. Well, excellent. Please, go on with your question. Yes, my question is thus. If you want to make a mess, what can you use other than a thermal detonator? Ah, yes. A very appropriate and ominous question. What I would personally recommend is what's known as a denton. That is short for pyrodenton, and pyro is short for big explosive fire. Dentons look a lot like thermal detonators, but they don't have the beradium core. Instead, they're just your old stock explosive chemicals, so instead of making a nice neat particle field, they just explode outwards in a big fiery bang. And I think that should probably accomplish your goal, whatever that may be. Well, that's gonna do it for today. Homework for tomorrow will be to design a better bomb than what you've seen here today. Just to give you a head start, I'm going to show you the inside of this seismic charge. It's got some pretty tough plating here, so I'm just going to take this spanner here and uh, pry off a little bit of the outside of the... This concludes your selected lecture from the University of Coruscant. For all questions or to contact us, please visit the University of Coruscant.com.